Guys, welcome to the podcast. I've got Chris Rowe of Rowe Hunting Resources. We've been diving through a bunch of different elk scenarios with the elk season imminent here, 2017 fall season coming up. Uh, today we're going to talk about calling to bedded elk. And it's one thing, you know, you hear people say, don't mess with them in their beds. Uh, don't call to them. Don't, don't, you know, d leave them alone. And there's times when I would say, yeah, if you're on a really big bull and, you know, you, you've got no one around and you don't want to pressure the elk, uh, I say a lot of times back out, let them get up and moving around that afternoon or that evening and then go ahead and get back on them. But I want to ask Chris today um, about calling to bedded elk and when is that tactic you know, most effective and, and how he goes about that. So let's hear it, Chris. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think you set it up perfectly. I mean, you can start a debate with, you know, a dozen guys together, guys are gals together, and, and everybody's going to have a different opinion. For me, I, I absolutely love getting in next to the bed and calling them out. I mean, that, Especially if we're talking about a herd bull with cows, because you know now. Okay, let me take a step back. I always, I am always open to the idea of going in and working a, be, a, a bedded bull, but I am only going to do it if the wind is consistent and I can play the wind and make sure the wind stays in my favor. Now. I, can be an oxymoron because most of the time elk bed in places, the reason why they bed where they bed, it's because the wind is not consistent during the middle part of the day. They bed there specifically because the, the air currents shift and they can scent check everything around them, you know, periodically over the course of, you know, several minutes to over the hour, you know, they're going to smell all four com uh, you know points of the compass. So most of the time, you know, elk bedding areas can be difficult to work without busting them out of there, but man, if the wind is consistent and the conditions are right, absolutely will I get in there tight and call. And again, especially those, you know, when, we, when we're dealing with a herd bull with cows, most of the time, the reason why it's difficult to call a bull away from his cows is because the cows are up moving and there may be other bulls around up moving. And so he's trying to keep track of his cows, and he's trying to make sure he can keep track of any other potential rivals or any satellite bulls that are around. So there's so much activity going on, and he can lose, he can easily, more easily lose visual contact with his lady. So he's not going to risk walking away from them while they're up on their feet and they're doing something, especially if other bulls are around. But, man, when they bed down, they'll, a lot of times they're all going to bed down together. But I've, I've watched so many times where those cows, if they'll actually get into their bedding area, the cows will start to you know, mill around, they'll start to stage, they'll start to get comfortable. Some of the cows start bedding down. That bull is still up on his feet. And a lot of times he'll end up being one of the last animals to bed down because he goes around and he makes visual contact. Okay, you're bedded here, you're bedded there. He's going to go and send, check him, send, check him, send, check him. And then once everybody's settled, that's when he'll bed down. 
and he'll bed down and he'll chew his cud throughout the day, you know, on and off throughout those midday hours. But periodically, he'll get up. He'll get up, stretch his legs, go take a uh, nibble here, nibble there. And I think you mentioned it a couple little podcasts ago that, you know, down in Arizona, especially if you can find those water holes that are tucked in tight to those bedding areas, and it doesn't matter if you whether we're talking Idaho or Arizona, you know, those little wallows, those little seeps, those little watering areas that are tucked in close to those bedding areas, midday, oh, my gosh, those, big, those bulls will get up, they'll get restless, they'll want to go get water, they'll want to go wallow. So if you've got the wind in your favor, oh, my gosh, yes, you can call to them. Call them, get them out of the bed. They're going to be a lot more comfortable leaving these that are all settled and not going anywhere than they are if those ladies are up on their feet. So I do. I love calling bulls out of their bed. What kind of racket are you making? I mean, what kind of contact, you know, vocalization, what do you call it? Contact vocalization? Well, you, or, if, or, if, you're, yeah, if you're just trying to make vocal contact, you know, if you're trying to contact. open up. Yeah, if you're trying to open up that level, that line of communication with them, I, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do a targeted strategy. A lot of times, you send out a lost view, seeking a response. And you can do a lost calf view if you want, but if you do a lost view, just, and you don't, at this point, I'm going to be trying to sneak in as close as possible. Most likely, I've followed these guys up the mountain in the morning or across the mountain in the morning, and so I know where they start to mill down, you know, mill around and, and start to bed down, so I know kind of generally where they are. I'll let them settle down. This is where you start using your binoculars and your optics to start picking apart the stuff in front of you to make sure you don't walk in and bump them. But if you can still sneak in within, you know, 100, 150 yards of where you know that they should be bedded, I will. I'll just send out a little light lost view. If I need to sound like a calf, great, that's fine. But send out a lost view, see if I can just get him interested. Just just get him, even if you just... Just even as a half-hearted chuckle, boom, he just answered me. Now I'm just going to start feeding him assembly views. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. And I, and I might not call a lot, and I might keep my calls spread out over a course of, of, of you know, an hour or two. Again, it's as long as the wind is consistent. But yeah, I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. And I'm going to throw in those blinds, those frustrated, long, <laughs> those long, frustrated whines like cows do, they just say, dang it, I want you to come to me. And just be ready. And most of the time, I'm going to be sitting down or at least on my knees, down low. I want to be able to peek under the vegetation. If the the vegetation is thick, which it can be sometimes where they bed, I want to be able to to peek under that or around and through it. I want to be able to see a possible sneaky approach. I'm looking for legs and, and hooks moving. Because most of the time, he's not going to say anything. If he if he does anything, he might just keep you know, just a bull mute, just that little flat, eh, that's about it. But if he thinks there's a cow over there, and if you want to snap branches and make it sound like you're up on your feet moving and doing stuff, that's fine. If you want to add, you know, again, I hate the adage, but, you know, for those people that use it, you know, build the excitement, if you will. If you want to make it sound like, okay, maybe more than one cow is over there milling around, that's when I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to start sounding like a cow and a calf, or a couple calves and a cow. Maybe I'm a, a cow that's babysitting a couple calves. Start, just start, like, contact vocalizations, chirps and mews, back and forth again, keeping in mind that you're not talking to that bull with those vocalizations. You're just simulating elk talking amongst themselves. 
But every now and then, I'm going to send out that lost view. Where are you? Why aren't you here yet? Maybe a long view, but that those assembly views. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. I want you to come to me. And that's usually what I'm going to do. Very rarely am I going to kick in here with full vocalizations. The only time I'm going to kick in here with full vocalizations is if he starts getting stubborn and he starts amping up his vocalizations and he just stays in one place and starts raking and, you know, basically saying, no, I'm comfortable where I'm at and I want you to come to me. Okay, if he starts getting stubborn and he's not moving, I'm going to slowly turn up the intensity of my calling. And, again, I think we talked about this on uh, episode 315 there, the longer episode we did. You know, I'm still going to lean heavy on the cow, the cow vocalization. That's where I might start getting into that selfish view. Start putting that intensity to it. Now, no, I no. Listen to me. Do what I'm telling you. I want you to come to me. Start throwing in those selfish views, backing them up with an assembly view, and make him listen to you. But if he still won't budge from there, then I usually will probably transition more into those bull vocalizations. But again, I'm going to start slow, low intensity, and build up if I need to. Because there's times when if, you, if all of a sudden you just go in there and stomp on it, yes, it can work. I'm not going to argue that. Yes, there are times when you know people say they don't want to challenge him or whatever, or threaten him. Yes, you can. But there's also times when that happens, the cows get worked up, and they're like, what the heck, we're out of here. And all of a sudden, everybody gets out of their bed. Now it's a whole different ballgame. He might just round up his girls and, and take off. So I will use that strategy as a last resort, typically. I call as much as I need to, but not more than I have to. Great stuff. Um, you know, one question I would have is... There's some out there that their approach is always to start with bugles, and their approach is always to to pester in as the bull that's coming towards the herd and yep. eat, you know, getting in close and bugling, and they would never cow call. Yeah. What What would you say to that strategy from what you've seen in your experience? Well, it, it is. It's. It, I think it really has. You know. It's it's a it's a proven tactic. I mean, it, it can work great if you find the right bull that wants to play your game. But that is that is the caveat to that entire strategy. You have to find a bull that is willing to play your game. And it's not to say that they're not out there because they darn sure absolutely could be out there. But it just may not be the first five or six or seven or eight elk that you run into. Uh, so you just got to understand if. if and that's the sexy side of elk calling. That's, you know, where you're challenging them or worrying them or whatever. If you like that engagement of bugling back and forth and having that bull come in, just understand that you are looking for a specific type of bull that is in a, a specific frame of mind, and you may have to paw through a bunch of different bulls before you find that one that wants to play that game. So if you're in an area that has a lot of elk activity and there's a lot of vocalizations and bugling going on, great, that, go for it. Wade through those bulls and, and pick apart and find the one that finally wants to play your game and, and see if you can get her done. Or if you're, you know, extremely physically fit or you're at least in, a, in an area uh, where the train is not bad, where you can physically run ridges and cover serious country and 
from valley to valley to valley to ridge to ridge to ridge and, you know, covering ground in order to find those elk, absolutely, you go for it. But just understand, you very well may encounter other bulls along the way that are just as tasty, that have antlers that are just as good looking, that might not want to play that game, that might avoid that scenario that you're walking past or that you're bumping or that you're altering their behavior and, and just setting up to where they, they're not going to engage you. So, I, you know, again, I have a different philosophy than some of the other guys that are, that are out there talking. It's not that either one of us are wrong. It's just I kind of like I, – I, I lean on my philosophy and I lean on my calling strategies because it allows me to work more bulls across the spectrum of whoever I might run into rather than trying to just trying to find one particular type of animal that, that, that wants to be able at me. I don't, I'm, I'm dead serious. I really don't care. I love to have bulls bugling. I really do. But I do not care. If, if this upcoming weekend we slip in opening morning and we see a bull off in the distance and we slipped in with it, you know, 100 yards of him, and I make two assembly views and he walks in without saying a word, I will shoot that thing just as fast and just as effectively as if he keeps bugling in. I don't care how he steps in front of me. I just want him in front of me, and I'll put him on the ground. The only time I want somebody to know that there's an elk in the valley is when he's on the back of my, well, this year, it's going to be on my back probably, but I used to say it's the back of my horse, heading out. It, yep, there was. There was a bull up there. Thank you very much. I'm done. You guys enjoy the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, that's all good stuff. In in speaking about, you know, your hunting here in a couple days, it starts on Saturday. Um, can you talk uh, briefly about uh, your bow setup, and have you made any changes to your setup uh, for this upcoming season? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, this won't. Yeah, I made several. I made. A, I got a different bow. I got. I'm using a completely different arrow setup, and I've got new broadheads, and I've got a new peak system. So I've. <laughs> I did. I made some big Why changes. Not? Why don't we uh, cover that in uh, the next episode, and right. uh, you can tell me all about your setup and how it changes, and I think that'll that'll be a good uh, episode to kind of conclude our series on and uh, then let you go hunting. All right, sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right, so um, we'll, we'll start that on the very next episode, and I look forward to it. All right, brother. Thanks again. I appreciate it.